Hey, welcome everyone. Thanks for being here. Uh, so excited to have this time together. Um, for those of you that are new here or, or visiting or here for the first time, um, we're a brand new church in the Tri-Cities. We're three months into this journey and we are excited about what God is doing here. Uh, thanks for joining us today. It's been quite a journey. It started long before three months ago when we launched our Sunday morning services. Um, in, in fact, it started in our hearts years ago as um, I worked 12 years in another church as an associate pastor focused on teens, youth, and family ministry and, 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 uh, and missions in the church. And uh, there came a time when um, God just started laying on our heart that um, the church uh, that gathers and expects the world to come to it um, both has become ineffective in an increasingly post-church generation. And secondly, it's not the description of church that we saw in Scripture. That's, that's not what we saw in, in, in Scripture as the church was expanding in the book of Acts and as, as God was working miraculously. It just wasn't what we saw. And so we, we, we began a season just of prayer and, and seeking God's wisdom and guidance and, and what, what can church be and where is he calling us in our lives. And um, sometime later, God called Sarah and myself, uh, our family and friends. Thank you, all of you who, who God has called, saying uh, church can be something different. And so um, we uh, we spent the last three months getting rhythms together on Sunday mornings and, and, and growing our pool of people to begin what we believe is an integral part of church. Uh, early on, uh, you might have heard this, but we talked about um, uh, an illustration that we used was that of a football game. And, and Sunday morning is like halftime at a football game where you come together and, and you reflect on the week previous, the first half of the game, what went well, what didn't, uh, what's to come in the week ahead. And then and then we head out onto the playing field because ultimately we don't believe Christian faith to be uh, all about what we do one hour a week, but instead all that we do throughout an entire week, the playing field where we live out this life that God has blessed us with happens, uh, you know, throughout our weeks in our workplaces, uh, in our homes, amongst friends. And and uh, and so today we, uh, we come um, excited about what's ahead, a new year and, uh, and a new journey uh, as, as we've pulled together our Sunday gatherings. And, and now we we want to really focus on that other half of the focus of a church, and that is um, our, our branches. And so um, we're we're uh, we're going to begin those this month with with four different events. Our focuses, as we consider branches, are, are threefold: uh, the up, the in, and the out. Uh, the up is a focus on God, the in a focus on each other, and the out a focus on the world around us and, and sharing the good news of Jesus with the world around us. And um, and and it, it's quite natural that that a person, a church, a small group are going to be good at really good at one of the three. Uh, do a little bit of the other and then almost none of the third, but we're going to really focus on, we want to balance our activities and our focuses that we are engaging all three of these. And so um, we, we want to create um, casual, lightweight environments. We want uh, we want groups to be low maintenance and a blessing for people to be a part of and not a, not a burden in our lives. We want them to be a place where we get to launch into um, service and, um, and uh, engage our community in new ways. So to try to balance 
balance the up in and out. This first month, we're all going to gather together. Hopefully, we have large groups and get to experience some of the rhythms of the branches as we get this going. Uh, uh, we'll begin with a meal. We, we want to make clear that uh, it is absolutely good and appropriate just to have a meal together, just to build relationship and spend time in conversation with each other. That's a wonderful thing, and we hope monthly our groups get together to, to have a meal together. Um, on the 14th, we're going to have a game night. That is an event. Uh, that's an invite-oriented event, right? That's something that we can invite um, uh, people of peace in our life to, people that we can see God working in their lives. Uh, God, God has been doing some powerful things, and we can invite them, live life together, get to know people a little bit better. On the 21st, uh, that'll be um, our, our up-focused event, and, and that's going to be an activity. Some of you have done it with us uh, called Dwelling in the Word, and it's a way of uh, engaging uh, Scripture in a conversational and relational way. It's a, it's a neat activity. I think you'll enjoy that a lot if you haven't done it yet. And then January 28th, uh, we'll be serving at Second Harvest this time, but an out event where we're in our community, where we're serving, where we're helping, and those sorts of things. So that's what's to come. Really excited about launching our branches. Uh, the time of day, I'm not sure it's locked in. Do we? Yeah, yeah. Uh, at, in the six o'clock hour is generally when they'll happen. Uh, people off work, yeah. But um, of course, come when you're when you're off work and when you're available. So we are excited to get those rolling. Um, it's, a, it's, it's a new year, and we are excited for new seasons of growth and opportunity. Let me just say this is a season of invite. Um, we, we really sense that God has um, created a, a pretty beautiful foundation for what is to happen in 2016 uh, in this church, in this community. Uh, we see a lot of opportunity. So thanks, uh, thanks for being a part of that. Hey, we're going to engage God's Word today in Luke chapter 6. We've been doing a series in Luke recently, and uh, we're going to be in Luke chapter 6, verse 36. Now, that does represent having skipped a passage that we'll come back to next week uh, when a friend of mine, a a, a missionary to Muslim peoples, is going to be able to be here and share a little bit with us. It'll bring a lot of perspective to that that passage that we'll be in next week. But today we'll be in Luke chapter 6, 36. Let's pray over it and, uh, and begin. Father, we thank you for this day and this time. We thank you for a chance to look into your word. And Father, we pray that that you will speak this morning, that you will uh, bless us um, to to hear your word, to to understand your word. And Father, that it can um, change us, that it can can do do its powerful work inside of us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Luke chapter 6, verse 36. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. He also told them a parable. Can can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? A student is not above his teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like his teacher. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take that speck out of your eye when you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your eye, and then you will, then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Jesus speaks here today um, on, on in, in incredibly practical terms. Okay, he speaks on on this idea of not judging other people, and, and he speaks very practically as he says, "If you don't judge, then you'll not be judged. If you don't 
condemn, you'll not be condemned. He speaks of relationships with people. And it's all built off this premise of be merciful as your heavenly father has been merciful to you. And as we flesh this out today, the concept's not difficult. The, the, the concept's quite simple. And yet, it's quite second nature to us, I think, in our lives. The, the concept simply is, if I'm kind to other people, they'll be kind to me. He, he said previously in, in the passage that we'll look at next week, actually, he says, um, uh, do, do to others as you'd have them do to you. Right? A really simple principle. And, and the fact is, I think we've all experienced it. Um, when, when we uh, treat people harshly, when we judge them, when we treat them in those ways, uh, it's reciprocated back to us, right? That, that's, that's a reality of the world that we live in and the way that we function. And, and it's interesting to me that, that when I feel judged, when I feel people looking down on me or, or people um, disliking me, right, it doesn't feel good. I don't like it a bit. And yet I reflect a little bit this week on, on how easy it is to look at other people through a judgmental lens, I mean, just how simple it is to look at someone and immediately make judgments and, and, uh, and, 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 and let our mind go wherever we want. But then when I know someone's looking at me in that way, man, that hurts. And, and it's, an, it's an interesting disconnect to me just how, how simple it is to, to look judgmentally at the world around us, even though we know and have experienced how hard and how hurtful it can be to be on the other side of that. And he says, don't condemn or, or you'll be condemned. And I, and I mean, sitting here amongst uh, believers, this, is, this, this runs rampant in our churches, right? And, and often it begins so innocent um, in a pursuit to understand salvation, in a, in a pursuit to understand um, how to be saved or am I saved, right? And in a pursuit to, to have confidence in our salvation and, and our hope in the long run, we, we figure out, okay, so this is how salvation comes about. Then all of a sudden we meet people of other denominations or other churches and, and well, they, they list it a little bit differently or in a different order or they place that moment of salvation in a different place and, and we are talking about salvation after all and if you have it wrong and I've figured it out, well, then you're not saved. And I mean, all of a sudden it becomes this absolute ridiculous cycle in which now we are sitting in the place of judgment as though, as though we have any knowledge, as though we're the teachers, as though we're the instructors. And, and Jesus is about to go into that. Um, but it's so, it's so easy in our churches, right? To become convinced that we have it figured out and others don't and, and to play the role of the judge. Um, and, and yet, and yet he says, hey, if, if that's your pursuit in life, that's what you'll receive back in this life. You know, we, we expect respect from people, right? We, we expect people to, to be respectful. And so often we don't, we don't enter relationships showing respect. And here's what Jesus is saying here. He, he takes and turns it around. You don't like it when people judge you, right? When you are judged, often it creates in us a judgmental attitude. But he, he takes and he turns it around and he says, you need to be first in relationships to do what's right. 
when, it, when we think about a coworker that we struggle with, someone that, that frustrates us, someone that, that judges us or treats us harshly, he, he doesn't say, well, it's okay if they started it, right? That's, that's what our kids do. Well, she started it, so it's okay that I hit her, right? Um, he doesn't say that. Instead, he says, in your relationships, you need to be the first to put aside the judgmental attitude, to put aside the condemnation. Instead, you need to be first to forgive. And when you forgive, you'll be more likely to be forgiven by other people. He, he places the expectation on us. And he continues in verse 39. He, he tells this parable, can a, can a blind man lead a blind man? Wouldn't they both fall into a pit? A student's not above his teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like his teacher. And he speaks here of, of uh, our tendency to think that we can fix other people, right? And, and, and in, instead he says, you got to realize you're as blind as the next person. You are on the same playing field as the people around you. And, and to think that you can fix the world, again, we place ourselves in, in the position of God, who ultimately is the only one that can heal and that can fix anything. And and so the connection here is that in, in both places, as he speaks about, don't be judgmental, but instead be forgiving. And now he says, uh, the blind can't lead the blind. He says, we need to live in a posture of submission, realizing God to be in charge and God to be the judge and it not our place uh, to step into those roles, but instead to let God play his roles. He says, in fact, we need to consider ourselves the student. Right, that that we consider ourselves, and Jesus is speaking of discipleship here. Disciples, people that are that are following Jesus, being changed by Him, that are living out His mission, live life as a follower of Jesus, realizing that we are all on the same playing field, that we are all flawed, that we all need to be forgiven, and 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 living as as on the same playing field both in the church and out, out of the church, when, when we see that homeless person and it's so easy to judge that it's because of bad decisions that they've gotten there, right? When, when we see that person that looks and lives so differently than us, Jesus says, no, realize that, that, that we are all on the same playing field and we have been blessed to be students of Jesus, that we have been blessed to be followers of Jesus, and that, we, and that the burden of judging people or condemning people has been relieved from us. That's not ours at all. That's God's place. And that instead, we have opportunity to live lives that offer uh, love and relationship rather than condemnation and, and judgment, that we have opportunity to invite people into community. He, he says, you, you try to take a speck out of your, your brother's eye when there's a plank in your own eye. He, he's, and, and I don't know, he's, he's being sarcastic, right? I mean, he's being humorous, and, and people might be laughing as he's saying this, but how true is it that that we want to look at the little problems in other people's lives rather than recognize the gaping wounds in our own sometimes. And, and I ask myself, you know, why is it that we judge people like we do? Why, why, why do we, why can we be so judgmental? And I think there's a number of things. I think it's a lot easier um, than fixing ourselves. 
right? Seeing someone else's faults and, and trying to fix their problems, that's a lot easier than actually being introspective enough and vulnerable enough to recognize our own weaknesses and problems and try to deal with those. In fact, it makes us feel better about ourselves when we see the faults in other people sometimes, right? I mean, just if we're honest... Uh, you know, we're struggling with low self-esteem. We've been dealt with harshly. Uh, whatever it is, uh, it, it, uh, if we're honest, it, it can make us feel better about ourselves when we say, at least I'm not like that person, right? And that's something that, that the Pharisees would literally pray, God, thank you that I'm not like those people. And, and Jesus is speaking to that attitude, an attitude that was alive in the Pharisees and sometimes is alive in us. At least I'm not like them, right? And I can feel a little bit better about myself. Um, but, but Jesus says, no, there's, there's better ways to live life than, than that. If, if that's the best we have to pin our hope in, that at least I'm not as bad as someone else, that's a pretty shallow hope. And, and in Jesus, there's a much better one. I think it's easier. We, we judge people because um, because we've been judged, right? We reciprocate what we've experienced. But Jesus, again, is challenged. Uh, turn it around, and, and you be the first to show love. You be the first to forgive instead in your relationship. And I think we judge because uh, often we're looking at the surface level, right? When We, we don't have to know the details of a person's life. We don't have to know the hurt that we've ex- they've experienced. We don't have to care for them. When we just look at surface level things in life, we look at behaviors or we look at, at circumstances in life and we can make our assumptions and our judgments and we never go, we off, often we don't go deeper in, into lives to realize uh, who people are. And, and maybe how deeply they're hurt and, and why they live the ways that they do. You know, as we talk today about uh, judging other people, um, I, was, I was thinking of, of uh, examples of it. And uh, in the Old Testament, in 2 Samuel chapter 12, we see an example that's just the pinnacle of, of seeing the fault in others rather than our own. And um, sometimes I hesitate to use illustrations and stories like this because the magnitude of the stories that we read in the Old Testament are so huge that it almost feels removed from our circumstances and our situations. Uh, but I want to go here today because uh, it, it's the perfect story of um, of what it looks like to recognize the faults in other, the speck in another man's eye and to miss the gaping wounds in our life. King David, who is the judge over his people, who is the ruler over his people, just prior to this story, has uh, has made some very bad life decisions. He's taken um, a woman to be his who was married to a man who's out on the battlefield. And in an attempt to cover up what he had done and the fact that she was pregnant, um, he uh, he sent uh, her husband Uriah into battle uh, with with um, instructions for the commander to put him where the fighting is the fiercest and then withdraw from him to ensure that he dies in battle. And so he'd taken a, another man's wife and, and he'd had the man murdered to cover up his tracks. And a man named Nathan, a prophet, it says, the Lord sent Nathan to David. And when he came to him, he said, uh, there were two men in a certain town, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had a very large number of sheep and cattle, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb uh, that he had bought. 
He raised it, and it grew up with his children. It shared his food, drank from his cup, and even slept in his arms. It was like a daughter to him. Now a traveler came to the rich man, but the the rich man refrained from taking one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare a meal for the traveler who had come to him. Instead, he took the ewe lamb that belonged to the poor man, and he prepared it for the one who had come to him. Now David burned with anger against the man, and he said to Nathan, As surely as the Lord lives, the man who did this must die. He must pay for the lamb four times over, because he did such a thing and had no pity. And then Nathan said to David, You are the man. You know, um, again, the magnitude of the story is huge, right? Most of us in our lives aren't dealing with, with, with situations of this magnitude. But David, a man called uh, the man after God's own heart, right, was so short-sighted that he could be enraged by the sin and the flaws and the problems of another person that, that weren't even a fraction of, of what the gaping wound was in his life, his, his flaws and, and his problems. And so today, I challenge us to be a little bit introspective about truly who we are, uh, to, to recognize ourselves as the students, as those who are flawed and yet loved by God, as, as those who make mistakes and yet have been redeemed. And out of that, out of that posture that I, I can recognize that I am broken and yet loved by God, we're able to begin to live and, and to look a little bit different in life. That we're able maybe to forgive a little more easily. And in turn, to see people that are hurtful and harsh in our life learn to forgive also because of the example that we've set in their life. In fact, I want you to think for a minute about a person that frequently frustrates you. A person that, that frequently angers you. Um, it, it might be a coworker. Uh, it might be the simple little things in a marriage, right? The things that we get frustrated over. And I want to explore for a minute what it would look like if, um, if, if next time uh, I, I spoke harshly to Sarah and she said, hey, I'm sorry, I love you. Right? If our response were one of, and she does do that, so that's like a, that's, that's a real thing. She's so, she's so good at that, that, that when she's able to, to defuse the situation and say, hey, I love you, how it totally changes my posture and the way I approach the rest of that conversation. Jesus, Jesus' words today are incredibly practical. As he says, if we would show love and kindness and forgiveness rather than condemnation and judgment in people's life, we can totally change the nature of relationships, of, of conversations. Jesus says there's power in being the first to forgive. There's power in being the first to love. There's power in letting go of the judgmental and condemning attitudes that so often rule our lives. So what's the alternative then to living this judgmental attitude? Well, Jesus began with the statement that sets up the whole solution to the challenge we face. In Luke chapter 6, verse 36, the verse, first verse we read, he says, Be merciful, 
just as your father is merciful. That, that we can be like him. Remember, uh, later on, he's going to say, a student's not above his master, but if you're fully trained, you can be like your teacher. He said in the beginning, be merciful like your father is merciful. The alternative to this judgmental, condemning life and, and attitude that, that so many of us live with and struggle with is to learn to be merciful like our heavenly father was merciful. Again, the first in the relationship to be merciful, while we were still broken, that while we were still flawed, Christ died for us. That's the kind of love and the mercy that invites us to then live loving and merciful lives. We're not asked by Jesus to do something that's not been done for us, but instead to reciprocate what God has done for us, that he has shown mercy and he has shown love and he invites us to change the relationships we we have with people around us. He invites us to bring healing into this world like the healing that he's brought to us. And so I want to just invite you today and and myself. I've been been reflecting on and struggling with this passage for over a week, um, just considering what are relationships and places in my life that I need to bring a lot more mercy to, that I need to bring a lot more love to. And I'd invite you today to think about some of those people, and there's probably one or two in your life that it's really hard to think about this with. There's probably one or two that it really hurts to, to think about, I'm, I'm going to be loving, and I'm going to be kind and not judgmental towards those people. And, and I'd invite you to pray over that and to reflect on the mercy that we've been shown, on how incredibly merciful God has been to me, and to reflect on what it looks like in the week and the months ahead to begin to show a little more love and mercy in our lives. And then I'd invite you, in addition to the big major one that we're, that we're, that we're all going to struggle with and that we may not be able to implement immediately by the grace of God, I think we can, if, if we'll let God work that powerfully in our lives. But in addition to the, the big one, right, in our life that, that we need to change the nature of this relationship with, I'd invite you to consider the day-to-day interactions that we have. Uh, just the really practical ones with your your parents teens with with your parents that when they that when they get angry and 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 uh and frustrated with you that you can say hey i'm sorry i love you it's it, it's so it's so simple and yet so challenging let's let's be honest it, it's not easy to do but imagine how it could change the nature of it as as we speak with our spouse that we consider you know uh, speaking words of love and forgiveness and peace. As we engage a clerk at the grocery store who's just rude to us, and we get to leave with an encouraging word of, of support in their life, right? That, that, hey, God bless you. I hope you have a great day. Instead of rolling our eyes and acting frustrated by the way we're treated, right? This is the invitation of Jesus that that like he has brought healing into our lives and shown mercy in our lives that we can distribute that in the world around us. I I hope that's a message that that resonates with you because we have been been invited to be his ambassadors, his agents, that, that like Israel in the Old Testament was to be blessed that they'd be a blessing to all the nations, 
the church and followers of Jesus, we have been blessed with this opportunity to know God's blessing that we distribute it to the world around us. And today in Luke chapter 6, Jesus tells us, if you will be merciful to people around you, you will experience more mercy from the world around you. If you will be kind, if you will be loving, if, if you will forgive, you'll experience more forgiveness. And in that, we get to distribute God's blessing that he's given us to the world around us. And, and I hate to overstate it. I, I hate to make it sound bigger than it's supposed to be, but I truly think it is this. I think the way we affect the people around us, the way we interact with the people around us, truly can change the world. I, I mean, the, right? And, and we could we could blow that off and say that's just glossy, big thinking, and it's just, it just sounds pretty, and and we and we all leave with a warm, fuzzy feeling inside, right? We could, we could but I truly believe. What can change the world if not the actions of people? Right? The, the actions of people can be devastating in the lives of people and change the world for the worse. Or as followers of Jesus who have been shown such mercy, I truly believe that our actions and the way we live life and the things we dedicate our time to and the way we speak to a stranger in a grocery store, I truly believe it has an effect on the world way greater than we'll ever see or ever know. But praise God that we have been invited to be his ambassadors, to, to, to distribute his blessing to the world. Let's pray about that. And Father, we come uh, today uh, acknowledging ourselves as your students, as your disciples, as your followers. Father, um, I recognize myself as blind and unable to lead except in what you have revealed. Uh, Father, except uh, to follow you faithfully and in doing so, Father, um, to uh, to distribute uh, the blessings you've given us to the world around us. So, Father, today we all, we all come asking that you will help us um, to realize forgiveness first, that we can know the, just the depth of your forgiveness and love and mercy. And then, Father, that we can learn to be merciful and loving to people around us. Father, I pray that you will convict us, uh, lay heavy on our hearts, uh, opportunities that you are placing before us to bring reconciliation, to bring right relationship where currently it is broken and hurt. Uh, Father, I pray that you will uh, give us strength to engage uh, difficult things that, that we can be agents of your love and your mercy in the world around us. Father, will you help us to follow you and in that to know just beautiful blessing in the lives of people. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.